Welcome to Lime Ninja Radio. My name is McKay Rippey. This is episode six. I'm here with my producer, Aurora. Hello. And today's guest is Jenny Rush. But before we introduce her, we need to introduce the Lime Fact of the Day. Funny dust. (laughs) And today's Ninja Fact of the Day. Yes. Google won't search for ninjas because it knows that you don't find ninjas. They find you. However, please do search for Lime Ninja Radio, because you will find us. We want to be found. Or maybe if you just set up your computer, we will find you. Dun, dun, dun. Aurora, what can you tell us about Jenny? As part of a large community of people suffering with chronic Lyme, she's committed to making a difference to any and all. A quote from her website is, from Marianne Williamson, is, I share my lessons with an open heart, and I hope you'll listen with an open mind. And that really says a lot about her philosophy with when dealing with chronic Lyme disease. Thanks, Aurora. And here's our interview with Jenny Rush. So tell me about you. Um, you're, you're, you do um, acupuncture? I'm an acupuncturist, yes. Okay. And what is your, have you become interested in Lyme disease? Uh, basically, last summer, well, t- t- it's twofold, well, threefold. I got bit by a tick and got the bullseye rash and almost immediately got two weeks of antibiotics. And I can't for the life of me remember which they were. Yeah. It's about 10 years ago. Right. And for the most part, I would say I'm symptom free. Yeah. You know, I'm 50 years old, so there's little this, little that. But is it because I'm 50 or is it because I was bit by a tick 10 years ago? I don't know. Yeah. But there's nothing super major going on. So thank God. Right. So that got my attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then a good friend of mine uh, who was in acupuncture school with me about the same time uh, has become a bit of an expert. He's down in Frederick, Maryland, mm-hmm. which is western part of Maryland. His name's Greg Lee. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I kind of watched him as he got started with Lyme disease and was interested in that. And finally, last fall, I went and attended a workshop with him. And what motivated me was all of a sudden people in the neighborhood, so to speak, were uh, getting diagnosed with Lyme disease. Yeah. So I figured, well, let's get ahead of this curve here because if the docs are just now starting to – give a diagnosis, there's probably a lot more going on. Yeah, definitely. Well, good. Well, I'm really, I'm grateful that you're showing an interest and that you're, especially, especially, uh, you know, I don't like to really, you know, put people into boxes or anything like that, but I'm always really especially grateful when people that are outside of traditional Western medicine get um, really interested because I don't think that, Lyme disease is just about, you know, hey, we need to find a new way to treat one more illness. I really think that this is, it's bigger than that. And I think it's deeper than that. And I think it's about um, a shift in consciousness. And I think this is what is providing that opportunity. So, you know, uh, people can treat however they, whatever, you know, in whichever way they feel most comfortable with. But 
I, I really get um, more excited. For, I never tell people how to treat, but when people ask me what I would recommend, I was like, well, for myself, I would stay away from pharmaceuticals because it's a different, it's a different, um, your context is different. Like, yeah, you, you know, give me the pills and fix me rather than uh, in a lot of the alternative modalities where there's a little bit more of an investigation into your own your, your own psyche, your own res- self-responsibility, like where are you spiritually? It, it's, it's a holistic, it becomes more holistic. And I think that's where the, that's where the shift takes place. That's where the opportunity is. Yes. I've heard so many people say that Lyme disease is my teacher. Yep. Best thing that ever happened to me. Best thing. It was the worst experience, not the worst. Ex- well, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was, it was probably, you know, we've all have our stories, right? But it was, because it was went on for you know a long time, it was it felt very devastating, but it was without question the single best thing that ever came my way because it it my life transformed completely as a result of it. My experience of life, I should say, um, transformed completely, and and as a result, everything else just falls into place in alignment with that. And I'm extremely grateful. And uh, so it changed, you know, changed my path completely. I closed my website development business and I got really busy, you know, like, come on, this is exciting. This is a great opportunity. A lot of people are really suffering and it's, you know, there's an opportunity in that for, for people. So I, so I get all fired up when somebody tells me they're chronically sick with Lyme disease. I get excited because of the opportunity, not because they're sick, but because of what the opportunity is. Say again what what the opportunity is because i think it's important for people to hear yeah i i just you know we we're we live our lives and we get so busy with what we're achieving and what we identify ourselves with so you know there's a particularly normal path you know we go to school and then we choose a degree and you know if we go to university and you have a job and you know, then, then there's this job and you get very, you know, you start being the job and we start identifying ourselves, who we are with what we're doing, what we're achieving. Um, you know, it's like, oh, I'm a mother and I'm a wife or I'm a husband and I'm a father and I'm an athlete and I'm, you know, it's, it's about something outside of ourselves and being, dealing with an, an, an illness, especially something that's, well, a chronic illness, um, that's severe enough to sort of, it strips away all of that, that false sense of identity. Because we're not the things we do. We're not our bodies. We're not even our thoughts. We're, you know, we're so much greater than that. And when it takes away this artificial sense of who we are, it's very uncomfortable because then you feel like you're flailing, like I'm nobody. I don't have a life. But really, that's the opportunity is to you're left with who you really are, which is far greater than any job you can have or any role you can play in your life. It's it's vast and it's infinite and it's wondrous and it's love. And uh, that's something that's there always. That's who we really are. It's this essence um, of awareness and it's beautiful and it's expansive and it's always there and it never changes no matter what the circumstances are. And to be able to identify ourselves with our true essence rather than these things that are sort of sourced from the outside of us um, is that's a that's a life changing opportunity. It brings peace. It, it, it brings peace into your life, a sustainable, 
peace and happiness that no circumstances can change. When you really identify with it, when you really get to experience who you are and really see that. And, you know, imagine being, you know, imagine if everybody walked around just like really being fully content and there was nothing outside of them that was going to make them feel more complete or happier. Just they were already complete and really and completely fulfilled. What a different world it would be. There'd be smiles all around, right? We would have world peace. Yes, instantly. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's only each person being responsible for their own selves. That's the, it's, a, it's, uh, it's beyond words to describe how great the opportunity is, and it just makes me very excited because the experience of really discovering who we are is something that is fulfilling beyond what words can describe, no matter what your circumstances are. And I know it from, an ex from my own experience. I was at my sickest when I had that, you know, that, uh, that, um, that moment of sort of waking up to like who I truly, truly am and being so fulfilled that my need to be well fell away. It's not that I wanted, I didn't want to stay sick. I didn't, I, you know, obviously prefer to be well, but it didn't, I knew that no matter what happened, whether I got well or not, that my life would be fulfilled completely and entirely forever. So I was, I was complete. Like to really know yourself as whole and complete, well, I, you know, that's, that's a gift it, that we give ourselves. It, it's, it is the definition of healing, perhaps. Yep. Right? That's the true healing. Yes. That's the true healing. You, you remind me of uh, one of my teachers, Diane Conley, one mm -hmm. of my acupuncture teachers, has written a book uh, many years ago, called "All Sickness Is Homesickness," uh, and you yeah. also remind me. I'm going to forget the author's name, but uh, his his awakening was born out of time in the concentration camps in Germany, mm. and he essentially came to the same awakening that you did. He got to a point where there is nothing else that the Nazi guards could take away from him. Mm -hmm. He had found himself, and he right. was completely at peace. Yeah. I'll have to look up his name. I'm blanking okay. on it now. Yeah. And the, uh, the the third thing that brings to mind is the the the, the Chinese language is very interesting. So for for example, the character when they write lobster, they write the two words. One is for dragon, and one is for shrimp. Okay. So the word for crisis, and I'm sure you've heard this, is danger and opportunity at the yeah. same time. Yeah. And so a Lyme crisis, what you're saying is not only is the danger to your physical being and your mental state, but there's also sometimes it takes a big kick upside the head for us to kind of really get in touch with who we are. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we, I, th I think it's true. And I think we tend to, um, you know, live unconsciously. Uh, we get busy and you know, we get sidetracked and it's pretty normal human behavior. And, um, and sometimes we have to, like you said, get a little bit of a bump upside the head to catch ourselves. So you've distilled this to a nine step process and you teach this in retreats and teleconferences. Is that correct? No, you know what? It's not even like I've distilled it into a process. I had, I went through a process and I, and I blogged about it while I was going through it. So, and I, put it onto my blog and then I put it onto my website more as an example, not like here's the way to go through it. This ah, is what you have okay. to do, step one, step two, right? It was, this is my process. 
This is how I went through it. So if you read it, um, I encourage people to look for their own process. It's, you know, I have, you know, what I learned about myself is what I learned about myself and what somebody else is going to learn about themselves. What they're, you know, what they're carrying around with them is not necessarily the same thing. It's, it's more here, you know, here, take a look at what I went through, put it all on the table. Maybe something will resonate with you. Whatever resonates with you, like, you know, investigate for yourself. It's really an invitation to find your own process, but here's this process. And when we started doing the teleconference calls, um, Lisa Hilton and I, um, I just couldn't be um, spend as much time inside the Facebook Lime support groups anymore because it was, you know, people need support. I was very grateful for those groups when I was trying to find answers. I, you know, I had wonderful um, caregivers when I was ill. My naturopath was extraordinary. But I still had a, like a gazillion other questions and I was being, you know, I was obsessed with researching the illness and protocols and things. And I found, this, you know, here were these tens of thousands of people online available 24 hours a day that I could ask questions. And I was amazed. They were so knowledgeable. And, but it was all about illness. Everything's about the disease. So, you know, there's support if somebody was really struggling People were, are always extremely loving and gracious, which uh, is one of the things I love so much about the people in the community. You know, somebody will be having a really bad day, feeling really sick, and then some other person posts that, you know, they can't go on anymore, and then you just see the love being poured out. So there's a there's a way to use the Facebook groups in such a way that it's uh, productive and that it's supportive, but it could, it's also really easy to get stuck in there and spend every day, all day talking about various aspects of illness. So it's a long way around to getting back to, I was having a conversation with Lisa Hilton. I said, I just really want something to be positive, you know, like really address the spiritual and emotional component of it. It's not just about this physical, we have something to, to address physically, but the power comes in what we bring to the table our bodies are the bodies that are healing. We may need support, but, you know, if you think about it, I mean, if you get a paper cut, it, like a plastic surgeon can't heal your paper cut. Your body heals the paper cut. He can't heal the paper cut. He can support you if you have a deep cut, but the, your body is still doing the healing. And so I wanted to work with her to bring this, like, you know, the self-empowerment into the community. Also because there's so many people that, um, really can't afford any more care. Like they've really, they've, their financial situations have just been, you know, devastated. So they aren't able to pay for care anymore. So they're really trying to treat themselves. And, you know, we're energy, you know, if some, if we're, if we're vibrating from love and, you know, self love and self honoring and, you know, like from that other, from that place, not from a place of being a victim of an illness, we're going to support our bodies to come into alignment with well-being. Now, it might be a long time. Who knows how long? Everybody's different. It took me a year um, from when I sort of woke up. It took, a, it took a full year to really come into alignment with really solidifying the well-being and living, you know, wellness. So it was an opportunity for people to come onto a conference call and start addressing those things. Like, who are you? And what is it to surrender? Because people don't want to surrender. Like they're just resisting surrender. And I mean, resistance is like the fodder of the ego mind. It doesn't support um, 
love and healing. So just to start exploring all these, um, all these areas and we've been doing it for about a year and a half and it's been great. We've also had very generous, um, Lyme specialists and healthcare, you know, healthcare providers who have treated people with Lyme disease and have, you know, all different levels of expertise with Lyme disease. And they've come on as guest speakers and then they share their knowledge. And I, I do keep it to just being um, people who provide holistic information or alternative information, because I want even the people on the call with no money to be able to get information from the call that they can then go and implement themselves. So it might be about how do you detox with food? If you can't buy the supplements to support a detox, right. what foods can you eat? So it's just got to be information that's imparted that everybody can use. So that's why we have that type of um, guest speaker. And then it was just last week. It was just like, it's just time to do a retreat. We need a retreat. You know, an hour and a half teleconference is great. But it's not the same as being face-to-face with somebody and sitting in a group. When you're in a group and you're all interested in the same conversation and you're going into an exploration, it really magnifies the experience. And so I just put it out there and I was chatting to a friend of mine, Jenna, who's wonderful and uh, also just really a real light in the community. And we were chatting and I was like, all right, let's just, I'm just going to do it. And I I wasn't even sure how many people would be able to make it, but we filled up, we booked up in three days, completely full. Incredible. So, so how many people are coming? Thirty. Ah, amazing. Right from all over the country. Which, Beautiful. Yeah. So that's you know we're we're I'm very moved by I'm very moved by it. It's very humbling. You know the level of commitment people have to themselves, and it's it's really not it, the the retreat is not about come here and we're going to give you tips on how to treat yourself. The retreat is about we're going to spend this time really experientially finding out who we are or reminding ourselves who we are, remembering who we are, deepening it if we already do know who we are. Everybody is aware. Everybody's aware, and let's just explore the nature of awareness. And it's just so loving, and it's that's healing. It's just healing. So we're going to do it, and it's we, it's our first one we're doing, so we're learning as we go, and it's really fun. I mean, I'm really excited about it. I wish, it's in October. I wish it was next week. <laughs> I do. I wish it was next I week. Can, We're very excited. <laughs> I can tell you're very excited. About yeah, it. we'll get to be together, you know, and it's, uh, it is going to be lovely. And, and, um, my sister-in-law is actually, who has also had Lyme and, um, multiple co-infections and she's, she's very well now. Um, she's a, um, therapeutic yoga instructor and she's volunteering her time for the, for the, few days that we're together for the retreat as well. So we're going to spend some time and make therapeutic uh, yoga available so that people can get like really, you know, like we'll be sitting in conversation or in meditation together. And then we can also have some yoga practice where it's really connecting us with our bodies in a very loving and gentle and honoring way. So yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. So, I'm sitting here just soaking all this in um, because there's <laughs> there's really nothing to ask about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, I will I add something is that the, the intention is like we really want to um, understand, you know, or learn well how to organize these types of retreats. And the intention uh, okay. really is to have these retreats be offered in various parts of the country so that, you know, there's retreat centers everywhere. So, 
you know, not everybody can travel a long distance and not everybody can afford to travel a long distance. So if we offer the retreats um, in different places around the country, it would be wonderful. Um, a place for people with Lyme to really just go and, you know, be in satsang. I mean, how nice, how healing yeah. and how lovely. Yes. You know, and everybody understands. And I think there's this thing also in the Lyme community because it's such an, a misunderstood um, illness. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about them coming uh, about them coming together where they just know they're heard. Yes. Um, so I think that will uh, be helpful too. Anyway, so we're gonna we're gonna try and we'll create um, other retreats. I want to do some one day events too, so that things can be less expensive as well. Not every and also not everybody is well enough to sit through you know three days or four days. Um, so we can do you know three hour satsang. We can um, you know or a one day with two sessions. There's also the possibilities are just extensive and and then we can also create something. Um, on like a video chat where we do it for people who are really, really stuck home and just really can't get out to anything or really can't afford <clears throat> any kind of thing, you know, so there's just, the, it's just unlimited. As soon as, as soon as we took the step to create it, it was like, Oh, now I see all these new possibilities. Of, of, of so course. we can bring a lot, we can bring a lot in. Um, and, it, and, you know, and hopefully it, it will just help a lot of people. So if somebody's interested in finding out more or being part of this, how th- should they contact you? Well, if you know, they can go to my website, which is uh, limethriving.com. Um, I do have a contact page. My email address is there. Links to my Facebook pages are there. Um, and on the website, there is a page now, a brand new page for retreats. Um, there's a, um, so as, as we create retreats, they'll go on there. There's also a teleconference page that lists um, each teleconference as it's about to happen, and um, people can sign up on the mailing list. I do have a mailing list, and I send out an email within a week of each teleconference. I don't. Um, I also did send out one extra one, which was to announce the retreat. But other than that, so it's typically about two emails a month. I don't. I don't advertise on it. I don't share their email addresses with anybody. It's really just for some people who want the extra reminder. Right. Um, so they can sign up for that. So there's a retreat page. There's a teleconference page. With and Oh, and by the way, all the teleconferences are recorded because not everybody's in the same time zone and people have schedules and sometimes it's difficult to be on a phone call and it's easier for them to control how much they listen to at a time. Right. So they're recorded. All the all the recordings are posted. The links are right there on the teleconference page. Lots of different topics. Lots of very very wonderful um, guest speakers. So you know, this it's a resource. And I mean, my blog postings are there. You know, it's they're raw. It's from when I was in the middle of it all. So it's it it doesn't have the depth of understanding that I have now. But then that's a process. Every every week it gets a little deeper. But that's you know, that's where I started and hopefully that will help other people. So I have a question for yeah. you since you've talked to so many people. There's something that I found very interesting. I go to a, a support group meeting, a local one that's a couple hours once a month right. uh, in, in Chittenango, New York, which is uh, about an hour away. And what's there's a consistent theme of something like uh, people feeling they were jilted by the medical community. I yeah. mean, it's per, it's personal, it's raw, and it's deep. And what what is that? 
because I, I haven't had that experience. Right. Well, um, you know, there's something about, you know, you know, taking it, you know, at a surface level, it's like you have an illness and you're going to a doctor and you're dealing with all these issues and you, you feel like you're not being believed. <clears throat> and a lot of people have that experience. They get bounced from doctor to doctor, they get misdiagnosed. And I think, I think what happens um, is there definitely are um, people having the experience of being really bumped or not taken care of by doctors. I think it's a, I think there's quite a lot to it. I actually would really like to have a teleconference with doctors and patients together where they all share what they deal with on each, you know, like everybody just gets to listen because the patients have their experience and then the doctors have their experience. And I think there's a really interesting, um, something really available. It's going to make something available when everybody gets heard because some doctors I know I've spoken to a lot of different healthcare providers, doctors and a whole variety of them. And it's frustrating for, for them that are trying their best. They are, they're very knowledgeable and they're experienced with Lyme disease. And then they'll have patients coming in who are so angry because of the difficulty that they've lived with for so many years. Like, you know, they might've been dealing with illness for 15 years and finally now they've got the correct diagnosis. So they're angry and they want somebody to take care of them and they don't want to pay as much as what is being charged. And, you know, because they've already spent so much money. So there's just a lot of resentments, but you know, when we take it all apart, if you, if you sit down you know, what is it? It doesn't serve anything. It's like we're carrying around as a, as a community, the Lyme community, we carry around a lot of baggage and it's, it's the past. It's the things that didn't go the way we wanted, or maybe, you know, maybe somebody didn't show up the way they would have been appropriate for them to show up. But you know what? It's over. Um, you have to look forward and stop carrying around the old stuff with you because it just accumulates. It accumulates. But, you know, people have been, I think, and the more people I speak to this, you know, they've been saying to, they'll go to a doctor and say, I, I just know it's Lyme disease. And the doctors just aren't, a lot of them are just not educated mm -hmm. on what it is to die, what it takes to diagnose it. So they don't know the whole procedure for a clinical diagnosis. Maybe they rely on the blood tests. I had somebody run a blood test on me once and he said, you know, you're fine. It's your blood test is negative. And I didn't know anything about the testing back then. So I didn't have any attitude with it. Like I didn't have any frustration with, but the tests aren't even accurate. Right. Um, and, you know, it's, it becomes an accumulation of somebody comes, it becomes a theme in somebody's life. And I think if you're, if you feel, if you feel like you've been pushed aside and pushed aside and not believed and not believed and not heard and not heard, and that becomes, you sort of start aligning with like, this is how people are towards me because I have Lyme. Uh, you just keep experiencing more and more of that. You just will. That's just you, the way it works. And do you think it's part of the disease as well, or is it just part of the environment? It's probably a combination in some cases. It's probably a combination. I think, um, you know, so I, you know, I talk to people with Lyme um, and the co-infections who have you know, really found that they're very different psychologically, emotionally than they were before. Like personality wise, they feel very different. They respond differently to things, but you know, I'm not really not an expert on that. Um, it's just what I, it's just what seems to be very obvious in the community. But 
you know, I, I also see where there's opportunity for people, whether no matter what the circumstances are, there's we get to be responsible for the thoughts that we think. I mean, we think we're thinking the thoughts and we're believing them. So if we keep thinking the same thought over and over again, it becomes a belief. And then we start aligning with that belief and then everything shows up in accordance with that. So it, it takes something to unwind, you know, those sort of really established patterns in ways of being. And when your experience just, you have a lot of evidence to prove why everybody's against you. It does take something to start unwinding that so that you can be open to other experiences. Absolutely. In my practice, I find it's, uh, it's easier to deal and heal with or heal the body and heal the spirit than it is uh, the mental side of things. Yeah. They're the most, for me, the most solid and most difficult to budge. Right. We hang on tight to our beliefs. Well, of course we do. Then we don't have to be responsible for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, then we can, we can point a finger. It's, it's, this is, this is part of the opportunity. I mean, there's, I think that it would be wonderful to see the medical profession trained in a slightly different way. You know, like they could really expand on their training. They could bring in a lot of, um, holistic care into the training of doctors because most people, you know, I still think the majority of people when they get sick, they go to their medical doctor. Um, but if they're, if they, if they were trained to take care of their patients as whole people, like they've got to, you've got to address the whole person. You can't just deal with the physical side of it. Chronic illness is a chronic pattern. It's a pattern. So you can fix the body. This is what I did. I fixed the body over and over and over again and then I, but I still kept getting sick and I had the realization that it was a pattern and I had to look for what is it I'm missing here. Like there's something I'm missing because I'm repeating the pattern. And there's, uh. And then, so what did you discover? Let's make this personal. So what did you, what were you missing? Well, the lesson that I finally got to, which it took me from, from when I really had that realization of waking up to the point that I, saw what it was that was the root cause of my pattern was um, was that I had a, an ongoing belief from when I was very young that I didn't matter. Hmm. I lived my life from a point of view that I didn't matter. Now it was unconscious. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't aware of it until I was digging for it. Like it took a year digging. Um, but and what is just a survival mechanism, that's all. It was just a decision I made as a kid. It was just an interpretation of whatever the circumstances were at the time. They're not, it's not even really important. But what was important was that that was a decision I had about myself. Like, I don't matter. So I spent my life trying to prove that I mattered to myself and to everybody else. So, you know, I'm the classic overachiever. I was the great athlete. Nothing was too much. I would, uh, you know... I could sacrifice my sleep to take care of other people. That was fine. Uh, I got into, you know, coaching and boy, all my participants that I was coaching were far more important to take care of them than it was to take care of my own self. So every, you know, it was just like this pattern of, well, I really don't matter. Everything else will come first. I still did great things for myself, but boy, I made sure everything else was in place for everybody else so that I wouldn't inconvenience or I would try my best not to inconvenience anybody when I need to take time off for me. And living from that place, and it really ramped, kept ramping up year after year. So by time, you know, I was bitten by a tick or whatever it is, whatever insect I caught it from, whether it was a, a tick or a mosquito, it doesn't really matter. I had no immune system left. I was emotionally exhausted and I was, you know, 
living believing that I was as good as the results I was producing. So I was perfect. I was perfect to get sick. How could I not have got sick? <laughs> right? It's literally like, how could I no. not have got sick? And and I'll tell you something else I realized along the way was when I was sick, I did. it took me a while to get to it too, was there was a payoff for being sick for a long time. Of course and there is. There was such a payoff. It's the dirty and secret. Yeah, the, and the payoff was I got to rest. Ah. I used to, my husband and I used to laugh about it. Every year I used to say to him, I just want to be sick one day each year. Mm-hmm. One day a year that I want a little bit of a fever so that I can justify staying in bed for just like a day and like not doing anything. I think people go to Pilates classes so they can tell people, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not available. I have to turn off my phone yeah. for the same reason. <laughs> or Canyon Ranch or something like that. I'd really love to talk to you, but I'm at Canyon Ranch and they confiscate my phone. Sorry. Mm. Illness, illness is the same way. Yeah. But there's, um, I think, I, and I don't know what's going to happen. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of protesting um, to have, to really take, to really tend to it at a physical level, like more research, um, better testing, mm-hmm. um, better guidance for treatment plans. To, and not just we want more antibiotics, uh, you know, that sounded, at one point I think there was a lot of noise about the community wanting to be able to treat it just long-term antibiotics, but they really are requesting. It's a really loud request and we're really hoping that it gets heard is to just really let go of however the treatment plans have been before, whether it's the two to four weeks of antibiotics, but to let it all go and find out what works, let the doctors treat with however it works for each individual. Wouldn't that be a miracle if they just let the doctors treat their patients? Yeah, it would be. And, and really if then even better miracle would be if the doctors really consulted with the patients, like I want to do this, tell me how that feels to you. Like really listen to yourself. Like, does that resonate with you? Like, imagine if that was that kind of partnership. That's, I think that's, you know, it's going to be interesting because doctors are in such high demand there are so few of them and there are fewer and fewer for mm-hmm. the population that they don't have time. The average time, according to the uh, JAMA, is, uh, f- I believe, seven minutes. And in that seven minutes, you have, I believe, 17 seconds to, to get your story out before the doctor starts his or her differential diagnosis and mm-hmm. asking you questions. Yeah, so and there's minute. just not the time. Right. I watched, um, I watched, a, I don't know what it was, some news uh, program one day. It wasn't just a regular news show. It was a, you know, in-depth interview with this woman who was going to give up her practice as a medical doctor because the insurance company was dictating that she had to see one patient every 10 or 15 minutes. And she said, I can't know my patient in that short of a time. Right. And I remember when I went to, um, uh, you know, I went to a naturopath for, I, I did, um, the very first time I treated Lyme disease, which was 15, whatever, 16 years ago, I, I went for traditional treatments through antibiotics. Um, the reason I ended up going naturally because I was allergic to everything they were trying to treat me with. Uh. And then, so, um, when I went to the naturopath though, the thing that struck me most was it was a two hour conversation at least, at least. Like this long conversation, like a conversation, not like 
check these off. Like, do you have this symptom? Do you have this? It was an actual conversation. Mm-hmm. And I knew the person, you know, I had worked with him. We'd had a professional relationship before um, outside of natural naturopathy, but here was this person who knew me a little bit and he still wanted to have this two hour conversation. And then last year, um, I felt like something was off with me and I went to see him and I thought, ah, you know, I'll pop in and we'll have a 20 minute chat and he'll say, uh, you know, what about take, take the supplement or whatever, whatever it was, you know, it was, mm-hmm. it was an hour and a half conversation. Mm-hmm. And it was like, ah, you know, I'm still, you know, after a lifetime of running in and out of doctor's offices and, and I will say part of it is because I want to run in and out, like quickly just take care of this, right? You're a busy person. I'm busy. I don't have time for this. So you tell me what I need to do. I'll just give you the rundown. I'll give you A, B, C, D, and then you just give me the A, B, C, D, and I'll go do that, and then I'll be done. And that Lyme disease changed that. It was like, no, I don't think so. You need to have a look at yourself. You need to have a look at your lifestyle. You need to have a look at your thoughts, everything. One of my first patients when I got out of school was a hard-charging woman. Reminds me of you. Yeah. She comes in and says, I need more energy. <laughs> yeah. And that was the bottom line. So the same thing. We did a long intake. Uh, I had a, uh, the traditional diagnosis, the way I was trained. It takes, depending, anywhere from an hour to two hours. And the bottom line was, give me more energy. So if I treated her and she comes back next the following week for a follow-up and she's furious yeah. and she says what have you done to me right and i'm saying i don't know you know and i'm all of 25 years old or something i'm shaking in my boots <laughs> and she says i took a nap she says <laughs> i never take naps yeah so i tried to explain to her well you may be exhausted and the way to get more energy, more be more effective, is to actually rest some. She yeah. said, "I'm not interested. That's not what I came here for." So that was the end of our uh, clinical relationship. Right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, I think that what we're dealing with is is the is an ancient question. I mean, the the Chinese are saying. Uh, thousands of years ago, uh, above all else, make sure that your treatment is rooted in the spirit. Right. That's, that's a quote from one of the books. And, and another kind of quote is, goes along the lines of, uh, the, the bad physician, the bad doctor treats the symptoms, the good doctor, uh, treats the person, but the wise master treats the person's destiny. Mm. And uh, so th- this, it's human nature just to get sucked into our sim- symptoms. So it's yeah. uh, it's constant rediscovery. So there's always going to be a disease coming up that calls us back to paying attention exactly what you're trying to have people pay attention to because yeah. we forget so quickly. Right. And I, Lyme disease might just be the current one. It was AIDS for a while. It was fibromyalgia for a while. And who, yeah. you know, who knows? Well, we forget, especially yeah. because we're so good technically, because we'll be able to, somebody's going to figure out how to kill these bugs, you know, however they figure out how to do it. And then people will be able to just kill the bugs and won't have the, the crisis opportunity that you're talking about, this chance for surrender, acceptance, self-responsibility, and so forth and so on. But the living out of balance, though, it's like they they may find a way to kill the bugs 
But then there'll be new bugs. And of if people are still out of balance, they're, you know, it's like if you really dig in and dig in and dig in and we're looking for like, what is the body? And you keep digging in. It's, it's, it's energy. So if something's out of balance in, in one place, it's going to affect everything else about us. And we were called, we're being called to remember who we really are and to really honor that and, and to live from a loving place. So we'll see. We'll see. But it's going to be as far as, um, you know, the, the established companies and medical practices, uh, and the pharmaceutical companies and the insurance companies, seeing all that change, I think it's going to be a long time. And that's part of, that was one of the things, um, that really got me so motivated to help people in the Lyme community was, you know, for them to find the peace that they are right now, because if they're waiting to have peace for when there's a cure, the perfect test and then the perfect cure, they may never have peace. Right. That's so true. Have it. It's going to be a long time before all that, that other stuff is taken care of. So why wait? You can have it right now, right in this moment. And I know it's challenging. I really do realize, I mean, I'm, I'm not oblivious to the fact that, you know, there's people that are living in excruciating pain day in and day out. And it is, it's not easy, but, um, it doesn't alter the the fact that who we are is we're not the pain and we're not our bodies and we're experiencing them though. But we can experience them from a place of love rather than resistance, and that's that's where we find who we are. That's perfect. On that note, we'll end. Great. One of the things that Jenny said that really resonated with me was uh, how she described her chronic Lyme disease as as the result of a pattern. Yeah, the pattern idea is really interesting to me as an acupuncturist, uh, primarily five-element acupuncturist, and mm-hmm. really everything we do is based on patterns. And those patterns give rise to specific changes in your voice, in the the color of your skin, a predominant emotion. And that's what we're trained to recognize. That's how you diagnose That's how people. I diagnose people, exactly, based on those patterns there. So it's an interesting idea. Rather than trying to get the exact strain of uh, Borrelia, Borrelia uh, and and or, or virus or whatever is infecting you like that, that you can see, okay, here's a pattern of infection and treat it at that level. Mm-hmm. So it's really a whole different thing. Yeah. And not only not only a pattern of illness, but also a pattern of behavior that can lead up to that illness as well. It's uh, something that I also think she was talking right. about. There's no, right. There's no difference really from body, mind, or spirit. And the patterns can exist on all levels simultaneously or really show on, on one level more so than the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great point there, Aurora. Thanks. And let's wrap up and remind folks where they can get hold of us. So for feedback, you can send us email, and that address is? It's feedback at LimeNinjaRadio.com. You can also find us uh, on Facebook. Look up Lime Ninja Radio. And please be the first. Give us feedback on iTunes. We're waiting for our first feedback on iTunes. Every little bit helps. It'll boost us up in the rankings there and get this information out in front of more people. So we'd appreciate your help there. Finally, you can find the show notes and other past episodes at our website, www.limeninja.com.
So please visit us there as well. And that's all we have for you tonight. Bye-bye. Bye. Lime Ninja Radio is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized medical advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's medical situation is unique and Lime Ninja Radio should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized medical advice. Lime Ninja Radio is not licensed to render medical advice and should be considered simply the public opinion of Lime Ninja Radio and its guests. Recommendations on specific treatment options are not intended to address any listener's particular medical situation. As always, contact your physician before considering any new treatment.